0: Good afternoon. This is Rob Port here on The Rob Report, WDAY AM 970. We, uh, we're we going to have open phones, the entire program, whatever the heck you want to talk about today. I had a guest I was trying to book, but it fell through. So we can talk about whatever. There's certainly lots going on in the world. The national stuff, I just don't even know what to make of it anymore. I I, I feel like... I feel like I'm I'm trapped in a story with two competing narrators, neither one of which is reliable. Right? I mean, you've ever you you've read stories with the unreliable narrator, right? Where it turns out that the person who's narrating the story to you isn't necessarily telling you the whole truth. That's how I feel with things going on at the national level. Cuz on one hand, we've got the Trump administration who says the things that are demonstrably false regularly. Right. If not outright false, then certainly exaggerated on a regular basis. So that on one hand. But then on the other hand, we have a media establishment working with a federal bureaucracy that is entrenched and utterly hostile to President Trump. That are producing stories that that I I don't find all that credible a, a lot of the time. And so uh, that's how I feel. I I feel like I am stuck between two people who are uh, two groups that are shouting things at me all day. And I can only believe about 50% of what either group tells me. That's where I I feel about I don't trust the media. I don't trust the – or certainly I I say the media. I don't trust the Washington Press Corps working hand-in-hand with an entrenched federal bureaucracy – that is going to resist the sort of change that President Trump wants to bring and, and that voters, his supporters, voted for. But on the other hand, I don't trust Trump either. I, I don't. It's frustrating to deal. It really is. I don't know what to make of it. What do you make of it?
1: I think you're you're right in a lot of ways that we we have two very different stories being told on almost anything that comes out of Washington right now. And it gets harder and harder to know where the truth is because it seems like everything that comes out, every new story, these two sides continue to diverge further and further away from each other. And the further they go apart, the more that I know that both sides aren't telling me the full truth. But I don't know which parts to pick from which side to know what the truth actually is.
0: So it's it's like it's the Russian thing, right? I mean, obviously the big... The big Moby Dick's story that's out there that every Captain Ahab in the media is after right now is did the Trump campaign work with Russia? Right. I mean, because if if that was true, given what we already know about Russia trying to meddle in our national election, if we had one of our candidates who is collaborating with them to any degree, that would be devastating. And if that comes out, Trump Trump ought to resign. And if Pence knew about it, he had to resign, too. And that's going to create a constitutional crisis, which is frightening. But that's reality. But on the other hand, I keep hearing, seeing these reports, and it's always, it's always like, like, there's this, this headline about, well, we have confirmed, you know, there's intelligent reports that show Donald Trump, you know, Trump officials or Trump campaign people working with Russian intelligence. But then it comes out and it's like, but we don't have any sources on the record and we don't know what anybody was actually saying to anybody else it's it's just a lot of innuendo and 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 then you're left with the fact that you have the intelligence community saying that they're not briefing the commander in chief on all their intelligence you have the intelligence community that's that's leaking things illegally to the press now i don't necessarily agree with trump that that's the only story and we ought to focus on that story to the exclusion of everything else but it's a pretty damn big story and it's a pretty damn scary story that we would have these entrenched sort of dark state bureaucrats who are fighting off the the civilian leadership of the government. That, to me, is, is frightening that that exists right now. I mean, you, you we, we can't elect somebody, and, and, and trust me, I do not like the way Donald Trump goes about this stuff. I do not like the way he talks about this stuff. But he was elected. He's allowed to set the, the agenda. He is the commander of cheap. He is the head of the executive branch, which means the duty of executive branch officials ought to be to fall in line. Now, if Donald Trump is telling them to do illegal things, fine. But if he's merely telling them to do things that are contrary to the policies that they like, their job is to either do their jobs or quit. Because if, if we can't elect a president who will go to Washington, D.C. and shake things up and change things, then it's lost. Then elections don't matter anymore. And the only people who are really running this country are the unelected bureaucrats and the people in those powerful positions who, who can resist and fight off the president. That's and, frightening to me.
1: Yeah, and I'm definitely not arguing with you there. there. There has to be the ability for the, the not just peaceful, but, full transition of power from one president to the next elected
0: leaders got to be able to set policy
1: exactly i mean he was elected he needs to be able to set his policy but at the same time you know you mentioned this whole russian thing and how there's not like it's a lot of innuendo but even that innuendo is enough that there should be some amount of investigation into what's going on oh i agree and that side of the equation is just saying no it's no big deal nothing happened it's resolved itself everything is fine but it's it's obviously not and- we
0: got we got to get to the bottom. I mean, I, I, I agree with you. I want straight answers. The problem is the press corps is so hostile to President Trump. Not everybody, but, but so many of them are just, I mean, they're leaping to conclusions. I don't trust the New York Times to rep- to report fairly on Donald Trump. I don't trust CNN to report fairly on Donald Trump. On the other side of the spectrum, I don't trust Fox News to report fairly on Donald Trump.
1: I don't know where to go. That's And that's exactly the problem. And the way that Trump responds to that hostility doesn't help him no. reduce the hostility at all because the way that he responds just antagonizes those factions even further. And I think what would be best for Trump is to act with a small amount of humility, have this investigation go through, because if he if what he's saying is true and it's not a big deal and it's nothing— then the investigation concludes it was nothing and that gives those of us who are sort of uncertain about Trump something to be more confident in
0: i i, I think i think there is an element that he is afraid that, that if they stop fighting if they drop that belligerent attitude they're just going to get taken over in a tidal wave that there is because that that is the effort that is what is political it, it's not the political divide we have right now is it's it's not like an ideological divide it's not a policy divide there are huge factions on the left there are huge factions in the media who do not see president trump as legitimate who who don't they're they're trying to other him right as though merely just being donald trump is makes him illegitimate his policies just make him illegitimate and and i think that's how in their minds how a lot of this stuff is getting justified. How a lot of the stuff that's going on in the bureaucracy with the EPA and the Department of Education, where they're just, we're not going to cooperate. We're going to fight him because, if if you acknowledge that he is the legitimate elected leader of our country, then you got to do your jobs. But they justify it by treating him like he's not the legitimate. So, so so there is this effort to other and not not just Trump but his supporters. I I, I think that's why so many people are are when you've got that that uh, Milo. Yiannopoulos or however the hell you pronounce his name when he's going out and he's getting, you know, people are responding to his speeches with violence and vandalism, and they feel justified in that because he's the other. He's not just a political opponent. He's not somebody who is just espousing ideas that they disagree with. They have arrived at the conclusion that they are evil. The alt-right or Trump supporter, whatever you want to call them, they're evil, therefore we're justified in doing all these crazy things in opposition, And that is frightening. And then you've got, but then you've got the Trump side throwing gas on the fire. Not doing really anything to even try to calm down and try to find some common ground. So where does this end? I don't know. Let's take a commercial break. Maybe some callers got some ideas. 701-293-9000, 888-970-9329. Sure like to hear from you. Email talk at WDAY.com. Tweet me at Rob Port. We'll be right back. Don't go away.
2: This is a public service announcement. This is only a
0: test. Welcome back. Rob Report. 701-293-9000. 888 970 Email talk at WDAY.com. You know, uh, you can tweet me too, at Rob Port, if you want. You know, listen. A, a lot of the turmoil going on right now is—it's a product of the Trump being a belligerent blowhard who has, frankly, I'm—I'm I'm, I'm becoming convinced, really has no idea how to govern. Coupled with a left-wing establishment that has convinced themselves that they're fighting evil. That people who disagree with them are evil, and that if you're outside of this this sort of, I I uh, I don't know how I put it. If 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 you if you dissent from liberal orthodoxy, then you're a bigot to one degree or another, right? And so they've convinced themselves that they're fighting evil and they're on that side, and and so therefore they're 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 justified in othering Trump. But then, in, in the early running here, what we're also dealing with is, frankly, President Obama setting landmines for the incoming administration, right? I mean, whether you—I mean, y- you look at what the interim Attorney General did before Senator Sessions uh, was uh, was appointed as as the Attorney General, a holdover from the Obama administration, refusing to implement President Trump's policies or saying she's not going to defend his policies in court. You know, you, you have all those last-minute regulations that the Obama Obama administration dropped on the way out the door. Look what President Obama did here in North Dakota. On his way out the door, basically sabotaging the Dakota Access Pipeline, inserting his long political nose into what was supposed to be a, a non-political regulatory process, ordering his political appointees to overrule the folks at the at, at the US Army Corps of Engineers and and, and delay that and, and look at look at what the consequences were for North Dakota look at how president obama was happy to sit in washington dc and watch north dakota burn that's what he was willing to do and so he did that on the way out the door so now you've got republicans in congress you have a republican administration and they're tasked with a completely uncooperative federal bureaucracy they're tasked with an opposition party that has decided they're evil. And they're tasked with trying to undo these landmines and booby traps that the Obama administration left on the way out the door. And that's not all of it. And Trump, in a lot of ways, is his own worst enemy. But that's that's a lot of what's going on. And it's it's ridiculous. And then you've got the press that that, that just... They want Trump to be Nixon so bad they could taste it. And it it's it, almost for some of them, it doesn't matter if he's actually Nixon or not. If they can't find the story, they're going to create the story. And it's, it's frustrating. I just want to get back to regular old governance. I, I mean, I never thought I would hear myself. I, I yearn for the days when we could just have like a debate over Obamacare right? I mean, I, I yearn for the days when we could just talk about, you know, have Democrats talk about tax cuts for the rich and Republicans talk about, you know, Social Security and Medicare and Medicaid and all this other stuff. I mean, that's, that's the really scary thing, too, is while we're off playing all these political games on appointees and Russia and everything else that's going on, and I'm not diminishing the Russian issue because that scares me, too, but That's why we're doing all this stuff. We have real problems that need real solutions. Like Social Security, like Medicare, like Medicaid. Entitlement programs that are unsustainable. A tax code that is an abomination. Energy policy that is confused and conflicted, implemented by an army of different bureaucracies. There is so much we could be doing to fix right now, and we're not doing it. 701-293-9000, 888-970-9329. we got a caller on the line. Bob, what's up, Bob? Hey,
2: Rob. I never talked to you before on the line, but, uh, you know, I think you, you hit so many great points there. But, you know, you got to boil it down to simplicity. you just got to look at it as this is part of the change that's necessary. Things have been so entrenched for so many years, and now we have what appears to be chaos, and it's just part of the equation. If you're going to get to the, the reforms that we've all wanted for so many years, there's going to be this storm that we got to go through first. What do you think?
0: Bob, I, I think that makes a hell of a lot of sense. I, I really do. Um, and I, I think you're right. Would you agree with me, though, that it, it would be easier to go through this if Trump wasn't acting the way he acts sometimes i mean the tweets and 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 the the, at times needlessly belligerent attitude with i i feel like you're right we weren't going to be able to to change you know bring the sort of change that i think trump was promising to washington dc that was never going to happen without setting some fires but it seems Uh, like trump is setting more fires than we need to set
2: i think he'll go down as the bristling president but the analogy I like to use is if, well, you're a married man, so if you had a mother-in-law who is, you had to have her in, the, in your life, like Trump has to have the press, and she's constantly needling you and telling you how bad of a job and everything is wrong, 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 you, you would be bristling, too.
0: Yeah. I, I guess, I guess I, I, Bob, you're making way too much sense. Okay, you really thanks. are. Thanks for the call. 701-293-9000, 888 970 email talk at WDAY.com. I mean, listen, I, I, some of this had to happen. I, I I sincerely believe that we have a problem with – it's almost like a Hunger Games situation. I mean, you, you look at some of the economic data over the past several years where the richest zip codes in America aren't in the places where we're producing stuff, right? It's not in the oil towns. It's not in – uh you know silicon valley it's 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 not in i mean certainly those are rich areas but it's not in, in the places where we're producing stuff the richest zip codes in america are like in washington dc a place where they make public policy they make politics but nothing substantial and that's a real problem the federal government is far too large and if, if, if Trump accomplishing nothing else but taking a wrecking ball to the federal bureaucracy, then I, I feel like he'll have accomplished something. It's just, I'm just worried about all the fallout on, on the way there. 701-293-9000, 888-970-9329. Last call, we got to take a break. Carl, what's up? Good afternoon, Rob. Yes, sir. Um,
3: I would just like to add a couple of cents worth here, and that is that uh, I am all for everything Trump does because it's just completely opposite. I, you brought up something about uh, not knowing, not sure if he knows how to lead. Um, my, my, inversely, I would say those that we thought knew how to lead, what good did it get us? Where did we get with them? We still ended up with NAFTA. We still ended up upside down with all these other countries. And, and I think it's just time for a radical change. I love his brashness. I love his rudeness. And I think that's what it's going to take. And I hope we see some of that in the state of North Dakota with Bergam, that he gets after and he gets rid of some of these people who've been around way too long. Anyway, I love your show. I'll let you go. Thank you.
0: Thanks, Carl. I think there's a lot of people who feel that way. I was just actually reading a link according to uh, the Rasmussen opinion poll, Trump's approval, despite everything that's gone on. Fifty-five percent. Pretty remarkable. Seven zero one two nine three nine thousand eight 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 nine seven zero nine three two nine. We'll talk a little bit about Doug Bergham coming up in the next segment. Don't go away. Welcome back, Rob Report. Don't forget, uh, Congressman Kevin Kramer will be on the program uh, tomorrow for our inaugural Talk Radio Town Hall. He does this with uh, a number of stations around the state. He'll be doing it on this show every Wednesday. Normally Wednesdays. This week, a uh, little bit of a scheduling conflict. So we'll do it Friday. So even, uh, yeah, he's a member of Congress. Things come up sometimes, so we may move it around a little bit within the week. But we're going to try to get to it every week. Uh, it'll be a half hour, open phones. You can uh, have at it with the congressman, you know, compliment him. Criticize him, ask him questions, whatever you want. 701-293-9000, 888-9709-329. Email talk at WDAY.com. Uh, did John survive the break? He's hold around? Yes, he did. All right, let's get to John. What's up, John? Oh, I'm still here, Rob. I'm a
3: patient man. All right. Glad to hear it. You know, first of all, I got to congratulate you on taking Jim Shaw to the tool shed the other day. Did a, okay. uh, did a fine job of getting to the meat of it.
0: Well, we had a good discussion, that's for sure.
3: Well, it was, yeah, it was it was good. It was good and refreshing. And I'll tell you, you know, watching some of these Trump press conferences, I'm surprised that the media hasn't got their pitchforks and, and, and flaming sticks out. Because I'll tell you, you're right. You know, it, it, which side do you believe right now? Well, I'm going to tell you, I voted for Trump. Thus far, he's done everything he told me he was going to do during the campaign. And I'm going with that ball. Because it's, it's long overdue in Washington, the draining of the swamp, because you you look around, Rob, and, and even our North Dakota legislature is a shining example of people who are so firmly entrenched that when we, the people, tell them what we want them to do, they just thumb their nose at us and go about business as usual and ignore us.
0: I don't, I don't think that's true of the North Dakota legislature. I, th- I think they're a lot more responsive than people give them credit for. Well,
3: you and I will probably differ on that a little bit, but you yeah. know, you look at you look at the medical marijuana issue. There was no reason that part of that couldn't have, couldn't have been put on a fast track and moved along, and and go ahead and sort it out a little bit later. I mean, there's no there's no argument that yes, there's there's probably some holes in there that could be abused, you know. Uh, well, there were there weren't the there weren't just but... holes.
0: The, the the measure literally forgot to de- decriminalize medical marijuana. I mean, if if it had been allowed to been implemented as it was. You could still have been arrested for buying medical marijuana. That's what well, that ballot measure did.
3: Yeah, and 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 that's fine. You know, like I said, that, I'll, I'll give the legislature credit to get it sorted out, but I think they could do a little quicker job of getting it, you know, done because they knew yeah. they knew the writing was on the wall, the light was on the horizon that this was passing, and they should have all been in place and ready to deal with it, you know, and and, and just move it along. I mean, that's part of the problem we have with Congress, Rob. Let's face it. They know the writing's on the wall. They know their power structure right now is seriously in jeopardy, and the good old boys' network is going to come to an end. And and, and, and Trump is is telling them that. You know, I keep telling people, look, look at it this way. Not only did the Democrats lose the last presidential election, but the Republican Party lost the last presidential election, and they all need to figure this out and either learn to work together or Trump is going to show... Enough people finally, once and for all, that yes, Congress doesn't do anything because they spend all their days bickering. Uh,
0: what you're saying, I think, applies a lot more to Washington D.C. than it does to Bismarck. Um, I, I think North Dakota's state government. Listen, all, all all democratic processes are difficult, and a lot of the time they don't produce the results that we want. Either they're one hundred, you know, they're 180 degrees opposite of what we want, or they're just not 100 percent what we want. And that's hard to deal with. Democracy is hard. Um, I would say that in North Dakota, our state leaders are more responsive. I mean, most of the legislators have their cell phones and home phones right on their website. I mean, if you want to call your legislator and get in their ear about something, you can. It's very easy. And they are responsive. I, I talk with these people all the time. I guarantee you, they hear from a half dozen, dozen constituents on an issue. It turns their head. It really does. Now, again, you might not always get the outcome you want. But that's democracy. In Washington, D.C., though, I think one of the great things that the Trump administration has started doing is started taking these Skype questions from outside of the Washington press corps. I think that is so healthy. I know there's some concerns right now that the Trump administration is calling on, you know, conservative, orientated, conservative-leaning news media and – You know, I I, I think that's a legitimate concern. I I don't think, you know, any politician should be allowed to just seek out softball questions. I definitely think, though, just geographically, letting TV stations in Denver or Fargo or wherever, Pasadena, letting them in that room, even if it's virtually through Skype or something like that, letting them in that room and ask some questions is good because there has grown – so much of the media is focused in washington, d c or New York, those media markets. That's a big part of the problem. I mean, I, I I think the press industry, the journalism industry, is as prone to being hidebound and monolithic in their thinking as anything else. And they need to be challenged and held accountable the same as anybody else. i I, I, th- I think there's this there's this sense, particularly among the journalists themselves, that they are always on the side of right. That you know that that their motives are always pure as the driven snow, and they're not.
3: Well, they, and a lot know, of that, Rob. You know, let's face it; it's all driven by special interest on you know some level or another a- across the spectrum. And honestly, hey, what's it take to get you get a escape account into the White House?
0: <laughs> I have actually had people wonder if I should, if I should try. I don't know. I'll, I'll have to look I into do, it. I see think what it you thinks, should but... try it. if
3: you need money. Uh, I guess not. Jay's show and your show, we could well, uh, probably get a collection bucket. Well, I don't.
0: I don't think it's a question of money. I think it's a question. I should look into what the requirements are and see if I can get in and get a question. Well, J- I, or I, I,
3: I, 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 G- I just think that honestly, you know, even 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 at times when I disagree with you on something, at least you have the fortitude to, to, to really get to the meat of the subject and really ask the well, tough questions instead of instead of politicizing it and trying to walk around the issue and you know, in your wording like a lot of reporters do. You just kind of get right to the point.
0: Well, John I appreciate that I, I try and, and thanks for the call the, in, in doing this job you know I, I, I think there's a there's an approach that a lot of people take that they come at an issue and and, and they they' they're performing it's it's a form of performance art and so you know outrage sells outrage gets clicks you know controversy I, and I, I think there's people who stoke controversy who try to be controversial just for the sake of being controversial what i think is really great and why i really like being on wday with uh, the, the team that, that frankly we've got the on air team is uh, i think that there's a feeling here that that everybody is being genuine what you are getting is a genuine point of view i don't think anybody here is playing i don't think anybody here is trying to dance or put you on or or just perform for you uh, well how i i, I don't want to i guess i don't want to speak for anybody else how i approach it is I want I want what I'm telling you. I want my work, what I'm writing, what I'm talking about, to be illuminating for you, even if you disagree with me. So that if, if if you hear me and I'm I'm making you mad because I'm taking some position that you just absolutely think is is up a creek, is out of left field, you don't like it. At the very least, I hope I can provide some context, some insight, some facts. That if nothing else, leave you a little bit more informed. If nothing else, maybe just feel, leaves you feeling more confident in your disagreement with me. If I could do that, I, I think that's valuable, and that's what I strive to do. Um, and I'm I'm glad, John, that you appreciate it. Seven zero one two nine three nine thousand eight 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 nine seven zero nine three two nine. Natia, if 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 we could get if we could get into one of those Skype calls, into one of the press briefings, what would you want to ask the Trump administration? What would your question be?
1: Oh my gosh, that's. That's a tough one. I think I would like to ask how they intend to find a middle ground with the desperately opposing factions that they're going to be facing for the next four years. Because there has to be there has to be some plan to move forward in this country. And it can't just be I'm going to sign every executive order that I decide I want to sign because that's. That's only going to increase the feelings of animosity and the, the vitriol that the far left is feeling and purporting through whatever means they can possibly shout through.
0: It's 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 going to mainstream that vitriol because, right, because I, I I think I think you put it well. There is a faction on the left that is going to be vitriolic about Trump no matter what he does. It's just that's just where they're at politically. They are so far left. And and frankly, that, that element existed with with on the right with President Obama. Oh, absolutely, it didn't matter, it it didn't did. didn't matter there, what he did.
1: There were the there were the birthers right. and all of these people that that were out there too. But it seemed like Obama was able to at least find a way to connect with the people that weren't so far on the right yeah. in that aspect. Not maybe not maybe super-
0: sometimes. I mean, when he came into office, I wanted to. I mean, I saw a family guy. I saw how he was with his kids. I wanted. I mean, he see. He was cool. He was hip. I wanted to like the guy.
1: I know, and I, he didn't do it. He didn't do it super well. I'm not saying he did it super well, but I think that Trump is doing it less well at this yeah. point in time, just I because think, of his his personality and the way that he comes off. Because I think that Trump. there there are a lot of us that aren't on the far left that want, maybe not necessarily to like Trump, but to come out of Trump's presidency feeling like some compromises were made and we moved forward as a country
0: I I, I think I, I think honestly I think in a lot of ways Trump and Obama are two sides of the same coin. Their styles are very different you know Obama was is, is was very calm and intellectual. Trump is very emotional and bombastic but I, I think both of them are divisive. Right. I I, I think Obama where he was you know, his thing was always I'm on the right side of history and you're on the wrong side of history. And I think Trump's the same way, where if you're not with him then he's calling you a loser on Twitter and he's calling you a failure and everything else. Different styles, but two sides of the same coin. Both hugely divisive and and frankly I think one begot the other. I I know that's a cliche now, this is how we got Trump, but honestly, I, I I think I think if President Obama hadn't been so divisive, we might not be where we're at right now. But uh, there are many factors. It's so complicated. More to come straight ahead. 701 293 888 Don't go away. morning Had them blues. Look over the corner. Welcome back. Rob report wrapping up. You know, I had one of the weirdest stories I have written about in 14, going on 14 years of uh, writing about North Dakota politics. I I don't know if you caught this yesterday. Nathil. Our governor apparently ran afoul of the uh, state Senate's dress code.
1: They asked him to leave.
0: Yeah. And it, and it wasn't to be fair. It was the Sergeant at arms in, in the state Senate. And there is a rule, and I, I spoke with the Senate majority about this. He said there wasn't a scene. Somebody didn't go up and, like, frog march him out of the, ch- out of the chamber. Uh, you know, they just came up and said, you know, Mr. Governor, you know, we do have the rule about not wearing jeans on the Senate floor. But,
1: but why is that a rule? Why, why do people care?
0: <laughs> I think it's just been around for a long time. You know, it was, it was, bo- it was from a different era. And it's still in the rules, and they're still enforcing it. And there are, there are people, I mean, I, I have talked with people, and by the way, young people who work as lobbyists, who work at, who work at the legislature, some of whom are lawmakers. And, I mean, they're, they're young people, younger than me. And they very much believe in the dress code. You know, they say, we are doing serious business here. We got to dress like serious people. That's their argument. Now, I don't buy it.
1: I think I that's a bunch of bull. I mean
0: I'm, I don't I I don't
1: know. I'm sorry. I have I have such a hard time with this stuffed shirt idea of professional dress as it is. I mean, if if I were going to get into politics, I wouldn't want to stop presenting my personality through the way that I dress and do my hair and things like that just because I'm I'm in politics. The the person that got elected would have been me and I don't want to stop being me, once I'm elected. So if if Governor Burgum wants to wear jeans and sweaters, let him wear jeans and sweaters. He's doing his yeah. job, and he's he's doing a pretty good one, as far as I can tell. I mean, we just we just got the governor's order that 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 the, the Dapple area has to be evacuated. And how long were we waiting for Governor Dalrymple to do that?
0: Yeah, well, he uh, Dalrymple did issue one. um, that was ignored.
1: Yeah, it, 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 was, it was ignored. Which, but, which isn't really, it, which isn't his fault. I mean, fault. I mean fault. Were what right. were, it, we it, were we supposed
0: to do? That's not I
1: Governor Dalrymple's fault. But Governor yeah. Burgum is taking his job good. very seriously, and he's doing I, a very I, good job. So far, so good.
0: It, it was funny, though, because that story broke. I had literally just written a post on the blog about how well the legislature and the executive branch are getting along.
1: <laughs> and then an hour later, a,
0: a lawmaker called me and was like, hey, guess what just happened?
1: No No jeans. Yeah. Do his jeans have holes in them? If not, step off. Let the governor wear his jeans.
0: That'd be cool if they had holes. He'd be kind of punk rock then, right?
1: Yeah. I- you know what's
0: funny? I, a, a lot of people, because he's got such a youthful air about him, Doug Burgum is our third oldest governor ever. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I I no you, wouldn't, you wouldn't guess it because he's an energetic guy and he's got kind of a hip you know, vibe around him, but yeah, third oldest governor in history. All right, Jay Thomas Show. Coming up next, this is the Rob Report. Remember, you can catch me here 1 to 2 p.m. Monday through Friday or 24 hours a day, seven days a week at SayAnythingBlog.com. Thanks for listening. We'll talk again.